Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody? And welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Well, guys, it is the end of the year. 2023 is coming to an end. This is going to be my last podcast episode of the year. And it's crazy to think just how far things have come in one year, how many changes have come. In January, I had my third child. We welcomed little Jackson Webb into the world. In May, I quit my job. That's right. I quit my job as a counselor as a high school counselor at Tooele High School, which I love, love, love the kids and the staff and everybody so much. But I quit my job so that I could do Bullies Be Gone and my partnership with Save the Kids full time. So I could run the Save the Kids podcast, the Teaching Kindness podcast, the podcast for the Utah School Counselors Association, and speak in schools and businesses and help everyone lead a life of kindness and empathy and help kids to love life, uh, to get off social media, and to move on past their bullies. And so I learned a ton, and I still have a ton to learn, uh, so much more to learn still. Um, and as we kind of finish out the year, uh, my mind goes back to resiliency. Because this, this, especially this year, I feel like I've gotten knocked on my butt so many times, whether it be by curveballs or by just unknown business stuff or personal things come up. So many different times where I feel like I just can't do this. Um, and, you know, resiliency is really the roots of my cause and why I started Bullies Be Gone, why I started this podcast, everything that I do. And, you know, why kids need so much help with being resilient. And right now, my mind also goes to wrestling season because right now, in the middle of it right now, it's December, state is going to be in February, it's right around the corner, we're right in the middle of the season, Um, I'm a girls wrestling coach, the girls are working super hard, and it reminds me of wrestling for me in high school. I wrestled all four years in high school, Um, and in high school, it helped shape me into who I am now. I owe wrestling so much, and it takes me back to my senior year. Um, I wanted so badly to qualify for state. Uh, I had done it my junior year, but my senior year, I was wrestling in a much tougher weight class. My junior year, I was wrestling at 160. My senior year, I was wrestling at 171. And so these kids are big, they're fast, and they're strong. It's like everything. Like at the lower weights, they're, they're, they're strong, don't get me wrong, but they're mostly just quick. But this 171 weight class, these were quick and strong kids. And it was incredibly difficult to try and wrestle them because I wasn't the strongest kid and I wasn't the fastest kid. I was a really flexible kid and I was moderately strong, but I really had to use my opponent's weaknesses and his weight against him, essentially. Anyway, my senior year, I wanted so bad to qualify for state. It's been a big goal of mine, you know, all throughout high school. And my senior year, I had really gotten prepared and I was working hard. Um, And then we got to divisionals. 
And divisionals, how it worked back then for our little 2A classification, is that the top six wrestlers at each weight at each division get to go to state. And so it'll be a 12-man bracket at state. And the 12 seed wrestles the 1 seed, 11 wrestles the 2, and so on and so forth. Um, well, I guess it's the the 6 seed. The 6 seed wrestles the 1st seed. So the 6 seed from Division B wrestles the number 1 seed from Division A, and so on and so forth. And so the 4th and 5th placers get to wrestle 4th and 5th placers. So the 4th and 5th placers are probably the most even matches to start at state. Now, that being said, there are several instances where a 4th or 5th seed got to battle back and take state wrestle a tough 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 tournament and take state and it's so cool but i just wanted to qualify i was i i just wanted to get to the state tournament um that was my goal and so we get to divisionals and i lose two matches in a row and i was devastated because usually that means i'm out because usually wrestling tournaments are two two loss elimination but my weight class was peculiar that year because it had nine wrestlers participating in the tournament, meaning that the loser of fifth and sixth had to wrestle the winner of seventh and eighth for what they call true sixth. And all dependent on head-to-head matchup too. Now, I won the seventh and eighth place match after I lost those two. So I took seventh. And the right person lost their, their fifth and sixth match to take six so that I would wrestle them for true sixth. Now, when I saw who it was, I was intimidated. It was a really strong kid from North Severe. This kid was a really good wrestler who I had actually gotten beaten by earlier in the season. I'd gotten killed by him. He dominated me. He pinned me in the first round. I did not want a repeat. I, I did not want to wrestle him, but I wanted to go to state and he was in the way. And that meant that I needed to beat him. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to wrestle this kid. I was one of the last matches of the night. And I remember because my whole team was watching. My parents were watching. A lot of my friends from Grand County, from Moab, were watching. Um, and uh, it, was, it was one of those last matches um, because it was, it, was, it was the true sixth match. At the start of the match... He asserted his dominance right from the start. Okay, my opponent, he shot in, he grabbed both my legs, he slammed me to the mat, and I tried so hard just to get back to my base, you know, stay off my back. And I'd get to my hands and knees, and then he'd break me back down. He'd get to my hands and knees, and he'd break me back down over and over and over. He'd try and scoop up an arm or grab an ankle, try to get me onto my back, but I just kept on trying to base up. And finally, the whistle blew. You know, the first period, it was over. He was winning. Um... Uh, it was he'd gotten a couple back points a couple times at the end of the, that first period it was 6-0 him and so I was like okay I gotta keep track of this score because once we get 15-0 I automatically lose it's called technical fall it's the, it's the, the mercy rule in wrestling is if you lose by 50, if, you, if you're losing by 15 points the second you start losing by 15 points match is over you lose they're not gonna you know go on any further if you get above 15 so and end of the first round, I'm down 6 nothing. I'm like, okay, I'm losing, but I'm not out of this thing. So the second match starts, and I was in trouble. See, my arms, they were weaker than his. I was not a super bulky, strong 171-pounder, and this kid was. This kid probably naturally is a 189, 185-pounder and just sucked down some weight for wrestling. This kid was chiseled. He was strong. And because his arms were so much stronger than mine, he kept on hooking my arms back in what we call chicken wing. Basically, he hooks 
my elbow with his fist and pins it behind my back and then gets his other uh, hand underneath my wrist and then uses that as leverage to try and turn me onto my back. Um, and, and, and it is painful. I'll tell you that. And again and again, he tried to turn me. He flipped his hits, tried to big step over my head to turn me onto my back. But again and again, I just refused. I'm like, I am not going to get pinned. I am not. And he kept on flipping me over once and then twice. And then the third time he tried to flip me over with a surge of power, he torqued my arms really hard and both of my shoulders popped out of their sockets. I was on my back with two dislocated shoulders. Now, usually when that happens, the referee will stop the match to say potentially dangerous. Um, we need to get this kid's shoulders back in place. But for some reason, um, he decided, the ref decided this wasn't dangerous enough to stop the match. And so I fought and fought and fought. I refused to be pinned. Um, I remember I got my hips back under me so my my hips were towards the ground like I was on my belly, but my back and my shoulders were really close to being flat on the mat. I was red in the face. My shoulders had popped out. The entire crowd was yelling like, his shoulders out, his shoulders out. My mom is like, his shoulders are dislocated. And finally, time runs out. And then the ref looks at my shoulders like, oh, crap. And I was like, yeah, you think? Um, thankfully, though, because I'm super flexible and because I have double joints and a lot of my 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 different joints, I I was able. It didn't hurt um, per se. It wasn't it wasn't an injury. I can dislocate them at will, and it even though it hurt, I was able to pop them back in. So after the match was over, I popped both my shoulders back in, um, and I I prepared for the final round. Now, because he had put me on my back several times during that, he had accumulated six more points. I was losing 12 to zero, and we're heading into the final round. If I get if he if he gets three more points, I lose. And so I I really have to do something here. And he'd already shown that he'll dominate me on bottom. And so I chose top. I'm like, okay, I have to pin this kid. Or I will lose. And so, or I wasn't going to state. And so I chose top. Right off the whistle, my opponent goes, he tries to stand up. And as soon as he stand up, I'm like, no, huh, uh, we're not doing this. I put my arms around his waist and I went to throw him back down to the mat. But because both of us were so gosh darn tired after this super long, hard fought match, it was like slow motion as we fell to the mat. And as we landed, we just got tangled up in each other's limbs. And my legs found themselves around his midsection, around his torso. And so I locked my ankles together and I squeezed my legs together as hard as I possibly could. Um, and I used my forearm and I, I slammed it across his face to push his shoulders towards the mat. It's an old school move called the scissors because you're squishing their midsection, causing so much discomfort and pain that they actually, your instinct is to lay down, to straighten out because it really, really hurts. Um, and he struggled to stay off his back and then he went limp. I think he went just to take a breath, but he went limp for just long enough. The ref pounded the mat, signifying a pin and an automatic win. I was kind of in a daze. Both me and my opponent stand up, take off our ankle bands, and the ref raised my hand. I had won. I did it. 
I qualified for state. I was losing the match. I was not only losing, I was getting dominated. I was losing 12 to 0. But I refused to give up. And because of that, I was able to pull out the pin, not just the win, but the pin with less than 30 seconds left on the clock. Even though I'd gotten beat in the past by this dude, I refused to give up. And so whenever I'm weak or feel like I'm weak or feel like I'm not good enough or just feel like I'm not I feel like I'm not enough. I, I revisit that memory and it's, it's living proof to me of my resilience. See guys, life is going to, it's going to hit you hard. It's going to knock you down many a time, but as long as we get back up and fight every single time, we will never truly fail. So, so there you go. Um, resilience, Please, let's teach our kids to keep fighting no matter what, to never give up. And let's be that example to them. So anyways, thanks you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you all have a fantastic day and a happy new year. As we head into the new year, I'm looking to be more intentional with my time and my energy, not doing the things that don't bring me joy, not doing the things that are pulling me down and doubling down on what I'm good at and outsourcing the stuff that I'm not good at. So that being said, I'm looking for a virtual assistant to help me with scheduling my speaking gigs. If you are interested, shoot me an email, um, and that will be in the podcast description, and then we can talk. I've, I'm learning that I definitely can't do this alone, right? We all need support. We all need a team. And I have a wonderful group of people helping me with Save the Kids. Save the Kids is amazing. It's been wonderful to partner with them. Um, But I'm finding that I need my own people as well um, to help my personal brand, to help me, um, to help me with the things that I'm not necessarily fantastic at. I know what I'm fantastic at. Um, And so I'm going to be outsourcing some help with those other things. So if you're interested in being my virtual assistant, um, you can shoot me an email and that will be in the podcast description. Guys, have a happy new year. Take some time. Think about the goals that you want to have for 2024. How do you want this year to go for you? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to do? Write it down. Are you going to have a theme, a word, a phrase? How are you going to be jumping into this new year? It's always a great opportunity to reset, but you don't have to wait until January 1st to improve your life. Start now. Identify what you want to be better at and go do it today. Um, Always remember, guys, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Have a happy new year, and we'll see you on the next one.